Getting you set for the big game in Las Vegas. Here's Schlereth and Evans, presented by Smart Union Local 9 Sheet Metal Workers. Usher, the uh, halftime show this Super Bowl, and big is the Super Bowl. We'll share with you just one side, but a reputable one, right? Rolling Stone, they ranked all 35 halftime shows. By the way, they, the reason that they they ranked the Black Eyed Peas as the worst halftime show ever, and then at number 34, they ranked everything from 1967 to 1989, because then the the, the Super Bowl folks didn't know how to really you know put on a halftime show, so we ended up having a lot of. Uh, uh, college marching bands, uh, Elvis impersonators. Oh, and who could ever forget Up With People? I know I did until I read it. And then it was a horrifying reminder of Up With People. So we'll, uh, we'll have some fun with that throughout the course of the hour. And at least on the Ramosad.com text line to this point, uh, it seems like it's a neck-and-neck battle between either Prince or you 2 as the best halftime show ever. So we would uh, love to get your feedback as well. Also, we've been hearing from a lot of Bronco season ticket holders this morning who are not happy with the fact that their ticket prices, their renewals are going up again. They're going up about 8% across the board this year. And Damani Leach, the president of the Broncos, uh, he talked with our very own Mike Klissner, our Nine News Bronco insider, and Leach del- delivered this message to you fans. I think for that fan, we're saying we hope we provide you with a great experience when you come to the stadium on game day. Yeah. Certainly we want to win every game possible on the field. Hopefully you feel really optimistic about what you saw last year, You know, particularly down the stretch, games we won against playoff caliber teams as well. So we hope we see you see all of that uh, and, and want to come back and experience it. Mm. You know, the, uh, the, the, by the way, how'd you feel about the, uh, hey, we did some positive things down the stretch. Yeah, no, I mean, we want to, we want to provide you with the best game day experience. So uh-huh. they're not, they're just saying, hey, you know, did you get in and out of the stadium right. easy? How was your Wi-Fi connection? Like, I don't, hey, blah, 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 blah. I want to win. I want some, I want some, you know, and, and obviously we made strides against, well, uh, you're blowing it up. I mean, you're. You're dumping your quarterback. You benched him. Um, you know, and and I, I think that was rightfully so. But the bottom line is, do I have a lot of faith that what I saw is going to translate into more wins next year based upon all the uncertainty that surrounds this team? No, I don't. So I get where I get where season ticket holders are like, whoa, you know, step back. Like, relax for a second here. You guys shouldn't be raising our prices. You haven't done anything. Yeah. From a business standpoint, I get it. Supply, demand. You've got 98% renewal last year. Mm-hmm. You have 100,000 people on your season ticket waiting list. Right. You are currently riding a 54-year-long sellout streak. I get it. I get it. Your 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 business model is is pristine, right? You you are well within your rights to raise ticket prices. Why? Because you can. And right. people will pay for it. And those mm-hmm. that won't will immediately get replaced by those who are willing to. So I get all that. But boy, at some point, don't optics matter? Don't you just sit back and say, hey, we've been bad for the last eight, nine years. And you know what? As a reflection of that, we're not going to raise ticket prices. It's just right. the right thing to do. It Correct. might not be good business, but it's the right thing to do. Correct. 
Correct. But, you know, I mean, the right thing is, yeah, I mean, it, I guess you could argue, I mean, you could argue that the right thing to do is raise the prices because the demand is so high that you won't, you know, for every, you know, for every person you piss off, you know, 99 of the 100 are, are going to resign. Yeah. So, I mean, it, and you know, that's the, it's, it's probably not good from a public relations standpoint, but from a business standpoint, like they're making money and, and you know, I mean, it's professional sports. You'll forgive them. It just takes one season where there's some wins and some optimism and you roll the playoffs and, you know, eventually it happens. So and at that point, all will be forgiven. I, I You've had a chance to meet up with a lot of celebrities, a lot of big names in the football mm. world this week. But to me, the biggest is the fact that you got a chance to chop it up with Drew Brees a little bit. And with this being such a crucial offseason for the Broncos and what direction they're going at quarterback is on everybody's mind. The fact that you talked to Drew Brees to me is a huge, huge deal. Can you give a little tease? And we'll get into it coming up. Can you, can you give us all a little tease about what you talked about? Um, just talked about fit, quarterback fit, and you know, and and you know why the Russell thing didn't work out, and you know, those are the things that you know that I think resonate with me, and the fact that this offense did not look like the offense that he orchestrated in New Orleans. So I think those things were were very telling, and. You know, without without pointing the finger at anybody, without saying this guy or that guy was to blame, just the things that um, that kind of make you go, hmm, how about that? Hmm. Okay. All right. We'll get into that a little bit more uh, coming up. Uh, Mark's conversation with Drew Brees. Uh, <laughs> gained a lot of votes about the best halftime shows. Uh, Coldplay got one. Bruno Mars. What'd you call him again? Um, I, uh, uh, entertaining little turd. Yeah, entertaining little turd. Yeah, <laughs> he is an entertaining little turd. Uh, Michael Jackson, the best ever. Oh, uh, Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson, uh, Nipplegate. Mm hmm. Speaking of Taylor well Swift, well, <laughs> I knew God, you are so predictable. I knew you were gonna do that. I knew. We're getting votes for the worst one. The worst halftime show ever was The Weeknd. The Weeknd. That was bad. Yeah, that was bad. That was bad. Where did that show up, by the way? On uh, let me quickly, let me check that out. Where did that show up? Uh, they, 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 it was not what it was. It was not well received. I'm trying to think where. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to look where it was. Where did they have that one? Out of the 35 that they ranked, they had The Weeknd number 19. Not good. Yeah. Not good. Because that, that, he came along at a time where the NFL was really trying with the halftime show. Mm -hmm. And it was simply uh, not, not good, not memorable. More on Mark's conversation with Drew Brees. And did he get any sense of what direction Sean Payton wants to go at quarterback this offseason? That's next. The power's out at our house. Ah, coffee table. But since our family has storm-ready Wi-Fi from Xfinity, we can stream or game in the dark. As I try and fill around for a seat. Ah, here we go. Oh, who moved the couch? 
Get storm-ready Wi-Fi only from Xfinity, so you can stay connected for up to four hours, even when the power goes out. Restrictions apply. Limited to customers within range of 4G LTE cellular signal. Speeds reduced to 30 slash 7 megabits per second. Actual speeds vary. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash stormready. Getting you set for the big game in Las Vegas. Here's Schlereth and Evans, presented by Smart Union Local 9 Sheet Metal Workers. I'm reminded when I look at you, but you remind me of a girl that I As I watched the, 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 them play this year, it, it didn't feel like the timing, the rhythm, the tempo was that I'm used to seeing right. in, in a Sean Payton offense. Right. I know those are the hallmarks of the offense. That's the standard that, that has been set. Drew Brees talking to Chris Sims, Mike Florio, pro football talk as we uh, are serenaded with Usher. Of course, halftime show for the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. Mark in Vegas on Radio Row. Fridays are usually pretty crazy out there. Is it uh, definitely the busiest it's been at this time of the morning since uh, you've been out there? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's fairly busy. Yeah, I, it. You know, it's. No, nah, it's not any busier than it was yesterday. Yesterday was pretty busy. Okay. okay. Um, but yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not. It's not crazy. It'll get this afternoon. You know, it's morning time in in. You know, it's Pacific time. It's in the morning, so there's not as many, you know, radio stations up. They all start rolling in here around 10 o'clock. Then it's crazy in here. So you've had, while you've been sitting there doing your thing, people have been uh, stopping by, saying hello, FOS's, Friends of Stink, and, I mean, my goodness, the list, right? From uh, Deion Sanders to Saquon Barkley to Emmett Smith and yeah. uh, goes on and on and on. But Drew Brees stopped by, and mm-hmm. you guys uh, chopped it up, and... I, I, man, I wish I was there. I was. I, I wish I was there for a lot of reasons, but I would have loved just to have heard the stuff that was talked about that I know you probably can't repeat right now because I, I know you know. I, 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 I know you know now after talking to Drew Brees what, what Sean's going to do at quarterback this well, no, I don't yes, know. You I do. don't, yes, you no, do. Yes, you do. Don't, don't lie where, to me. Don't I, lie to I'm me. Lying to you. You're lying to where, me. I know. I don't know where... He's going to go, but I know what he wants, right? I mean, like... All right, what does he want? After your conversation, what what does he want? Somebody, somebody that can, somebody that can execute the offense on time, somebody that can execute the offense in general, somebody that throws with tempo, with timing, where the offense, you know, the offense is in rhythm, um, somebody that's on schedule on time. That's that's what he wants. He doesn't want somebody to go. I don't like that. Let me let me pull the ball and scramble around and see if I can make a big play off schedule. He wants you to be on schedule, and we're going to design the big plays. So, I mean, that's those are the things that he wants. And you know, I mean, talking to Drew, and I, and I can say this because this is not out of turn. He just didn't think it was a good fit. I mean, he said it, I think it went kind of the way I thought it would go. Yeah. It's just not not from a a personal standpoint. Excuse me. Let it go, big from, fella. Let it go. No. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, no. I kind of looked up in the lights. Yeah. Like, I was looking up like I was talking. I looked up in the lights, and all of a sudden, that that my, my sneeze. See, the folks, folks, you know, the thing is, is that typically you're on the radio, you probably shouldn't be coughing right into the microphone yeah. or sneezing. But the, see, the problem with Stink is I've seen it too many times where he tries to suppress his his 
his sneeze and his nose ends up, his nose yeah. blows up and uh, he starts, starts bleeding. So yep. Yep. this yep. is a necessary evil to make sure that uh, he does not bleed like a stuck pig because he can't hold his mud. But go back to the conversation. Yep. So uh, it just wasn't a good fit, not only from a personality standpoint. You know, Sean, Sean is just one of those guys. He, he's not going to baby. He's not going to sugarcoat things. He's not going to baby you. He's going to, and if he's pissed, he's going to let you know he's pissed, you know. And we saw that. We saw that a couple times on the sideline where he's just getting, you know, just getting in Russell's grill. And, you know, and that's one of the things that, you know, that, that that's the way he coaches. And he grew up with Parcells and, you know, and so he's always, you know, he's always coached that way. That's kind of, that's kind of that style. It's the way I was coached my whole life. It's, you know, the way I coached my own kid for crying out can loud. You, so. Can you share anything about the conversation with Drew Brees? Um, about the, okay, so you know the profile of the quarterback. Mm-hmm. The skill set, the mindset, that type of yeah. thing. Well, then it comes down to the question that we're we're all asking, we're all wondering: Is that a rookie that he drafts in the first round, or is that a veteran that he works with? Because remember, when he got Drew Brees, mm-hmm. Drew Brees had been in the league already for a handful of years. When yeah. he coached Teddy Bridgewater, Bridgewater had been in the league. Jameis mm-hmm. Winston, Jameis has been in the league. Fact yeah. is. Never in his coaching career as a head coach has he worked with a rookie quarterback. Right. Drew, have anything to add to that? Uh, I know he did. I know. You know everything. You know exactly what he's going <laughs> to no. do. Drew told you. He's like, oh, he's like, oh, he's going he's gonna to do this. No, no, no. And no, you're no, not no. sharing. No, no, Come on, no, man. That's, Come on. That, that's true. We, we talked what can about. I ply, what can I ply you with? Right. We, we <laughs> talked about, we talked about, you know, the the fact that the the offense from Drew's perspective did not have the elements that Sean would like to have in it. There there was not the tempo. There was not the timing. There was not the, the rhythm of the offense that he knows. Therefore, he's like that's that's something that's always going to bother Sean because they couldn't run the offense that he wanted. And so there were adjustments. That's what I take out of that. There were tons of adjustments simply because the quarterback you, you had couldn't run all the stuff that you wanted to run. So you want somebody that is ready to run that stuff. Listen, Matt, here's what here's what I think. Here's what there's a there's probably a guy in the draft that Sean would love. There's probably one, maybe two guys in the draft he would love. That he thinks that that guy I would take as a rookie and I'd suffer my lumps for a year as that guy learns. And then but I also I also realized they don't have enough capital to go get that guy. So if if my gut would be they're going to find a veteran that they think has a potential of a huge upside and um and then they'll draft somebody later in the draft and try to develop that guy, but that would be that would be what my gut tells me that Sean will do. And that means you're, you know, if you get a if you get a rookie quarterback, I don't believe you're getting one at twelve. I really, I really don't. Unless, again, subject to change. Unless he loves a guy that's going to be available there. Unless he loves, say, for instance, Bo Nix, and he thinks Bo Nix is going to be, you know, going to be his guy. He's going to be his next Drew Brees. Then he would do it. But 
He's got to absolutely be in love with the guy. He's not just taking a guy at 12 because, you know, idiots across America go, you got to have a first rounder to be in the, you know, look at all the first rounders. Everybody, you got to have a first round. Like that's that that won't that won't push him over or motivate him. Okay. You SOB, I know you know. I don't. Yes, know. you do. I don't text know. me. Text me. Just text <laughs> me. Go on, just text me. It'll just be our little secret. Think, you I'm think just kind of now. I'm curious. Think, I know I can't. I know I can't betray. I can't betray your source and everything. But come on, right. just, just just text me, will you? Come on. Come on, man. I'm dying to know. Uh, you shared with me. You shared with me the source of uh, your Aaron Rodgers to the point where I've steadfastly backed you up all these all these years. Whenever people mm-hmm. mock you, I'm always like, no, 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 no. Stings Intel was rock solid. Yeah. So, come on, come on. I wish Come I on. wish Come on. I wish I Come on I wish I did know but <laughs> you know well I really didn't get into where they go from here I was into more what went wrong okay last year Do you think based on your conversation with Drew Brees that Drew knows No 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 Mm-mm. Interesting. Okay. They, they really haven't. They really, they really, you know, talked about the offense. And I know they've, they've texted back and forth about, about like what needs to, like what, what he wants and what didn't go right and all those things. But uh, I don't think they've, I don't think they've talked about what his plan is moving forward. And of course, you know, I don't really like, I don't know that they know exactly what their plan is until they truly evaluate all these players and all these quarterbacks. What what the plan might be, but uh, yeah, I don't think they've I don't think they've gone in depth into that stuff. Okay, just text me. I, just text me. It'll be our 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 little secret. Okay. All right. I'll our tell you. little secret. Just, uh, just, okay. I'll let you know. Just I'll let, let you know. know. Let me know. Coming up in uh, what is a trending? We got a lot to get to from uh, Mike Malone to Kale McCarr, and uh, we're also going to hear from the head coach of Columbine, who has been honored and was on the red carpet during the award show last night. You'll hear from him next. Here's Schlereth and Evans with What's Trending right now. What a performance in the final couple minutes of the game last night between the Nuggets and Lakers. Nuggets blew a lead, found themselves tied with two minutes left, and then they went on a 10-0 run to put this game away. It was stunning in its suddenness and efficiency and Jamal Murray got it all started with a swing around the top of the key, step back, dagger three that put the Nuggets up, never to look back again. Michael Malone saying, vintage, vintage Jamal. You've heard me say this a lot. When Jamal is rebounding and defending and playmaking, you're getting the best version because he's impacting winning across the board. And uh, I thought he was outstanding tonight. 29 points, 7 rebounds, 11 assists couple of steals, and good job by Kevin Harlan and Reggie Miller during the broadcast making a big deal about why isn't this guy an all-star? Why do the defending champs only have one all-star? But the beauty of Jamal, and it's why I'll, if if never making an all-star game means he looks at games like this like, all right, 
time for me to be a basketball assassin and go out and play the way that he does in these moments and be able to rise to the occasion in the big moments, I'll take that trade off every single day, every single season. Yeah, oh, th- that's great for you and, and you I know, know for I know. fans. It, but it, it would be nice if, if you know, the NBA would recognize him. And, and again, you know, the, this is the problem with the way all-star voting goes down and Hall of Fame voting goes down. And um, oftentimes people look at the wrong stuff or they don't look at the entirety of the package, right? And like, like Malone said, when he's rebounding and he's, you know, and assisting and he's, you know, he's playing defense and then he's knocking down prime shot. It's not about, hey, man, this guy scores X number of points a game. It's all the other effect you have on the game that leads to winning. And that stuff needs to be recognized. And I think with Jamal just isn't recognized to the level it should be. But do you think that the average basketball fan out there, like, we're immersed in it, so we pay attention to all this all-star stuff. Do you think the average basketball fan out there, do you think they draw their conclusion on who the best guards are in the in the NBA based on, on all-star uh, appearances and, and voting? Or do you think the average basketball fan's like, I watch the NBA Finals. <laughs> I saw this guy play. Right. I know. I know he's he's a, a lethal killer out there. I I don't need the all-star game to, to prove that. Well, no, well, I mean, I, if I if I walk if I walk down around anywhere in the country and and, and see a pickup basketball game going on, and I ask the people playing, who are the who are the two or three best guards in the NBA? I I, I would argue that Jamal gets represented really well. I would I would tell you that if you went into every NBA city and said, like every Western Conference city, and said, give me your the, who you would vote for for all-star guards, I'd say, you know, our, your all-star guards in a Western Conference City that Jamal would come in where? Fourth? Fifth? Behind who? I'll oh, give you I mean, Steph. I'll give you Steph. Steph, Booker, uh, guys that... Really? I, I'm not talking... Yeah, I'm talking about... I'm talking about recognition, yeah. not, like, who who's recognized. Even, uh... Clay Thompson, and you know, I mean, you could go down the list. There's probably there's a few I'm missing. I know it, but probably uh, Dame up until yeah, his Dame, trade, yeah, yeah, until he went to Milwaukee, right? But uh, anyhow, I, I'm just telling you that that Denver and the Nuggets are even with what he did throughout the playoffs. That was almost their introductory, you know, the introductory introduction to. The Nuggets. It's almost like when the Rockies went to the World Series, <laughs> right. right? Let's introduce you to Colorado. <laughs> That's right. You know they mean? play baseball there. Yeah. So, well, anyway. I'm going to quote a great movie. Great movie line. Well, Mark, I guess there's only one thing left to do. That's right. Win the whole damn thing. Again. <laughs> the Avalanche are struggling on the road. 0-3. One point out of a possible six. And definitely one of the biggest issues. The power play. 0 for 6 last mm. night. 0 for the trip thus far. And uh, Kale McCarr finding it tough sledding out there. I think that's a big learning one for us. We haven't played a PK like that in a while in terms of just very aggressive. So um, having that on this road trip, I think, is a, is a good good thing for us. We just have to make sure we learn from it because obviously our execution was just not there tonight on the power play. Yeah, this was a very, very aggressive um, Carolina uh, penalty kill. They got out, they attacked, they pressed, and 
Uh, the Avs just did a, a very poor job of getting the puck in behind him and going to work. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just got to, what do you call it? Simple up, small down, or whatever the heck it is. Small up and simple small down. Small up and simple down. You just got to just sometimes. You, I hate it when you say things incorrectly. And backwards. Okay. Right, and backwards. Because <laughs> I never do that. You never I do that. I never, ever do yeah. that. Yeah. So it's a struggle right now, and it's not going to get any easier because everywhere the Avs go, they're getting team's best shot. And now it's uh, Florida that was in the Stanley Cup Finals. It was Tampa. We know the that they'll be ready for the Avs with the history they have. So mm-hmm. it's... Um, Better buckle down. Better buckle down. This is going to be a tough. Uh, this is going to be a tough trip. Tough, tough trip. The Broncos are raising ticket prices, despite all the bad football that we have watched. They are raising ticket prices again. Their club president, Damani Leach, was talking to uh, Mike Kliss, our Nine News Bronco Insider, and explained it. Try to be really strategic and smart about it. We look at it from a market-based perspective. You know, what demand do we have on the secondary market? How are our tickets priced relative to other teams around the league? What's happening in the Denver market? All of those things. We got kind of a uh, a funny. Is it just me? And I kind of I, I I see the logic in it. Uh, it basically said, "Is it just me, or are the people? Or is it just me, or are the Broncos season ticket holders complaining about the ticket increase? The same ones who willingly go out to spend money at a Rockies game." <laughs> <laughs> it's not just well, you. They don't. They that's, don't. That's good. But they don't that's have good. season tickets to the Rockies. They just go to enjoy the outdoors. Right. It's like that's their that's their form of hiking. Like when they go kill Rockies game, let's just—it's like I—it's like going out for a, you know, a summer stroll in the neighborhood. Although, what do you think Dick Montfort thinks when he hears Damani Leach talk like this? I think for that fan, we're saying we hope we provide you with a great experience when you come to the stadium on game day. Yeah. Certainly, we want to win every game possible on the field. Hopefully, you feel really optimistic about what you saw last year. You know, particularly down the stretch, games we won against playoff-caliber teams as well. So we hope we see you see all of that uh, and, and want to come back and experience it. Is it just me, or is that downright Montford-esque? Yeah, Dick is saying. Dick is calling over right now, going, "Hey, if you'd like some information on how to make the game day experience even sore, I mean, have you guys got room for a party, Dick?" Yeah, you guys got a party deck? <laughs> How about a Otani deck? <laughs> what do you think about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just make an Otani deck. Oh, Otani oh, day. Okay. Yeah. Ot- Why? What did you think I said? I, well, I thought you said an Otani deck and it was something else, but never mind. No, 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 no. You only do Come one on. of those a week. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, this was cool. Andy Lowry, Columbine High School football coach, who just completed his 30th season as head coach of the Rebels, led them to their sixth state championship, a perfect 14-0 season. And he was at the NFL Honors show last night on the red carpet talking Mm -hmm. to Mike Kliss as he was named the AFC winner of the NFL's 2023 Don Shula High School Coach of the Year. Our kids work extremely hard and uh, all year long in the weight room, and they embrace it. They trust us, and uh, it's a physical brand of football, which is a little bit different than everybody's playing right now. It is. It, it, it's what makes what they do there. Boy, you talk about an identity. Like mm-hmm. in in a in a world where even high school football, it's about uh, seven on seven and spread and 
throw the football and all that. They are just, they are run, 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 pound you up front and uh, run some more. I love it. It's my style. I know it is. Dispensing justice at the high school level. Yeah, you got to love it. It's awesome. So good for them, man, and good for him getting getting the, uh, you know, the recognition and the award. So that's great. Awesome. Columbine, congrats. That is What is a Trending. Bring that to you twice a day at 730 and 930. Uh, coming up next, we got uh, a lot to do, okay? We've got um, uh, the difference that is now so apparent between the Nuggets and the Lakers. What is it? And why do the Nuggets now own, yes, own, it's not a, a blip, own the Lakers? We'll do that. Plus, Mark's going to tell you what Kansas City needs to do to win the Super Bowl and, most importantly, what San Francisco better do to win the Super Bowl. Plus, our picks all coming up next. Getting you set for the big game in Las Vegas. Here's Schlereth and Evans, presented by Smart Union Local 9 Sheet Metal Workers. I'll give you a Rolling Stone magazine's top, I don't know, five or six halftime shows of all time and the five or six worst in just a second. Johnny Fever will uh, give us a couple of interesting Super Bowl props for the game on Sunday and we'll give you our picks for Sunday. But first, time to hit the hardwood brought to you by Papa Murphy's as the uh, Nuggets get it done again. Um, 104-104, two minutes left. Lakers with all the momentum, and then Jokic and Murray, the two best closers, definitely as a duo, in all of basketball, put on a show in the final couple minutes, and the Nuggets make it look easy in pulling away. From the 218 mark on, we have scored them 10 to 2. And uh, what I saw in that stretch was just a uh, poise on offense, executing. Um, I mean, the one play was, you know, Austin Reeves came from the blind side to try to get the steal. It's almost like Nicola has like radar. He could sense him coming, and he finds Michael Porter wide open uh, for a huge three. I don't know about you, Mark, and all of you out there as as Nugget fans, but once you get to that point, I don't care what's happened to that point. I don't care if they have momentum or they don't. The the moment you enter that, it's time to close the game out window. Yeah. I, I I can't tell you how supremely confident I am. I and mean, you can call it jinxy cat all you want, but it's like okay, I know what they're gonna do, and I know they're better than anybody anybody else in doing it. And I I feel they're gonna come away and get it done. Hello, jinx. And so when it happens, it doesn't shock me at all because yeah. I'm expecting it. You did. You mentioned what a great duo they are. You know, like great all time, like Batman and Robin, the Wonder Twins. Like some great duos, you and I. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. You know, yes. some of the great, some of the duos, great duos, yes, of all time. Yes. Um, and they are, they're right there, like Stockton, Malone. Um, well, they're the greatest two man duo I've seen since Stockton and Malone. And you know, the, the the beauty of Stockton and Malone was they they were doing the same thing over and over and over. Year after year after year, it was as simple as as you get. Everybody knew it was coming. Coaches would spend hours upon hours studying it and, and trying to, and it didn't matter. They knew it was coming and they couldn't stop it. And these guys mm-hmm. did it until they were like thirty nine years old. Right. And so when I look at Jokic and Murray, they're the best duo I've seen since then because they play kind of the same same kind of game that those two played. And <laughs> end of games, they're lethal. 
Yeah, they Lethal. are. They are, just take over at the end. Like, hey, let's just keep it close, and we'll take over at the end here and get out of here. I, they, they are, they're amazing, and um, and you know, and, and complete. And then it, it it comes down to the unselfishness with which they play on a consistent basis. And not only that, it's not only the unselfishness with which they play, but it's also the um, just the awareness, like just the overall court awareness. And I think I think Jokic, you know, we give so much uh, credit to Jokic. And deservedly so, but I think I think everybody kind of almost feeds off of that, right? Everybody kind of ha- has picked up some of those tendencies or some of those traits that that Jokic has because he's so good at it. Well, and, Michael, and Mike, learned from Michael it. Malone agrees with you. Well, that means that there's a complete buy-in. I mean, uh, we preach being selfless all the time, trusting the past, playing with the point five mentality, good to great, all the different you know coaching cliches that you could use in terms of trying to be unselfish. And you can talk about it, but if you're not about it on the court, well, then it's just a hollow word. But our guys live it. You know, they, they walk that walk, and, and I think everybody in that court is constantly trying to make the guy next to them better. You know the thing about last night, and they, they play tonight against Sacramento, and it's a back-to-back, and, and who knows, they, they might lose that game. And as we're in the dog days of the NBA season, the trade deadline's now come and gone, and now there's, there's nothing until... The playoffs, you know, there, there are going to be some moments where they kind of drift in and out, which is fine to me because it's games like last night that just is a reminder to all of us that when it matters, these guys will be ready. Because we talked yesterday about, hey, they could be potentially walking into a buzzsaw, right? You know, with the Lakers right. and all the emotion and Kobe and all that. And yet, the other way you look at it and should look at it is that, no, 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 they're not walking into a buzzsaw. They can't wait to play this kind of game in this kind of environment because it stands out from the long grind of the 82-game season, and this is the fun game. These are the fun games because these are what playoff games are like, and we're ready for those, and we turn it up for those. And so, uh, you know, just... if My message to Nugget fans is just enjoy this. It's so comfortable. They're in such a good spot right now. They're so secure in who and what they are. And just just keep it keep it nice and healthy until the playoffs, and then let's go. Let's yeah, go. you know what? Every every team in this market, I mean, obviously, it's interested in winning. But every team, because I'll let you figure out what I'm talking about. But every team in this in this in this market that's interested in winning <laughs> ought to look at how the how the Nuggets are constructed. Because how the Nuggets are constructed and the way they play, that is, to me, what wins and what wins championships. That that kind of what we talk about, that, uh, that unselfishness, right? That selfless attitude that you have toward the game. Yep. Um, that's, that's what wins. And, and, you know, in doing what you have to do from a grinding standpoint, from a, you know, a, a, you know kind of taking care of business standpoint and that's what the nuggets just that they that's who they are man i i just have nothing but respect for the way michael malone has this team playing man i just want to make some bold proclamation right now but then rogue and no rogue and fever will start playing jinxy no and this and no that. no no go make it make it they're they're getting to the nba finals again they're right? they're going back to back yeah i do they're going back to back 
Go ahead. Mm. Go ahead, you two. I know you can't wait. No, I like the it. The Nuggets I, are going back to back. I like my I like it. Jinx. Okay. I like it. I like Papa it. Murphy's. I'm with, I'm with you. Papa Murphy's home of uh, Take and Bake Tuesdays and $5 Fridays. Uh, speaking of uh, fever, Johnny Fever uh, loves paying attention to all the, the props out there. The prop bets, the wagers, the, the fun ones for entertainment purposes only uh, to look ahead to on Sunday. What do you got for us, Fever? So the prop is, will an offensive lineman score a touchdown? Ooh. Now there's context to this that makes it even better, but I'll, a little bit of trivia for you. There's three big man TDs in Super Bowl history. Yep. Oh, let's see you if we should can know them. two of the three. Who big, are they? No, big man TDs. Uh, uh, Refrigerator Perry. Correct? Correct. Yep. Um, uh, I know Vrabel. Jumbo Elliott score touchdown? No. Okay. No. I know Vrabel caught a couple. Yeah, but, Vrabel But did. he was a linebacker. He was a defensive player. He wasn't an offensive Yeah, player. it's an offensive or, or defensive lineman. Or lineman. Okay. Oh, yeah, lineman. Okay. Ooh. Uh um. Oh, who was the uh, who was the the lineman that scored for? Didn't somebody score for New England? Uh, was it? Um, it's uh, not New England. Not New England. Nope. Oh. I, was there was there an offensive lineman that fell on a Jeff Saturday? But that nope. was a playoff game. That was a playoff game. You no. shouldn't. It's very. One of them is very close to home. Oh, close to home. Close to home. Ooh. Offensive lineman. I don't or know. defensive lineman. Or, or defensive, defensive lineman. lineman. Oh, 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 oh. Um, Malik Jackson. Yep. Yes. He's the that's right. One. The Von Miller sack of oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Cam Newton. Yes. Yeah, okay. That's right. And the third one was Jimmy Jones of the Cowboys. Ooh. Never so all defensive really? linemen who recovered fumbles. All right. That's not a bad little prop. Well, no. well uh, so there, and there's Fridge, even the more. Refrigerator Perry. He ran. On yeah, he handle. ran for one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. I wanted to look if there was any sort of like tie into a potential lineman in this game being eligible for this prop. So I went back and looked at the last three seasons on offensive linemen who scored touchdowns. And there was none this year, one in 22. But in 2021, in the postseason, a tackle named Nick Allegretti caught a touchdown for the Chiefs in the wild card round. Against the Steelers. Allegretti is a backup, but Joe Thune, Tooney, Tooney yeah. was injured and has been injured. He hasn't practiced all week. Andy Reid said yesterday he expects Allegretti to start. Ooh. Yeah, at guard, he's, so he's not going to get the touchdown. No. He's, star- he's starting at left guard. Leak so out? No, leak- no leakage? Not from a guard position. You okay. can't do it from a guard, but you could do it from a tackle position or the backup. You come in as an extra... Uh, offensive lineman is a tight end, so Allegretti is not going to, uh, not going to score. My, my, I'll go on the under. He's not going to score a touchdown bold. as a guard. Yeah, bold takes yeah, it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Anybody else? You got anything with uh, Miss Miss Taylor? Any anything with uh, Taylor? Oh, I got I got something for her right now because it's <laughs> freezing cold in here. Oh, so geez. I am definitely got. You know what? You got the Swiftitis. Swiftitis. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. uh, I can just run down a list of them if you want. Yeah, I don't necessarily go, go down the. Give me a couple. All right. Will Kelsey and uh, Taylor Swift be shown kissing? Uh, Taylor Swift's Ooh. lipstick color. Oh, it's gonna be red. Chiefs win plus Kelsey's slash Swift announced pregnancy. Kelsey to propose 
on the CBS broadcast after the game. Oh, take a knee? No way. He no wouldn't way. do that. No, no way. No. That would be embarrassing. That would be embarrassing. I'd be just embarrassing. I'd be like, come on, Kelsey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's going to do her best to keep a low profile. If they win, if they win, I don't think she comes down on the field afterwards. I thought that got a little out of hand. If they lose, she dumps him on CBS. Oh, please let that happen. Uh, I cannot. Please I let cannot. that happen. Yeah. She dumps him on Chiefs CBS. lose, but he gets Yeah, the lose, and she goes, I can't be with a loser. And she just, <laughs> boom, takes off. That's what my that's my that's prediction. Good. That's over under awesome. five and a half appearances through the entire broadcast. Mm. Oh, over. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think over. I think so too. Yeah. That feels a little low. Over. You got because you you have you have such a different audience showing up for a Super Bowl. Yeah, people are tuning in for the music. They're tuning in for the commercials. They're tuning in so that you know people are going to be tuning in just to see uh, Taylor shots. So yeah, that'll that'll be over five and a half. That's a that's an easy one. Uh, real quick, the the five according to Rolling Stone, the five worst halftime shows ever. Uh, and they did 35 because the ones they said between 1967 and 1989 don't count. So Black Eyed Peas, number 35. Uh, then it was New Kids on the Block in 1991. Mm. Phil Collins, Christina Aguilera, Enrique Iglesias, and Tony Braxton in 2000. Uh, Gloria Estefan in, 30, in 1992. And then Patti LaBelle, Tony Bennett, and Teddy Pendergrass in the Miami Sound Machine. Yeah. In 1995, I, I, the five worst. I think I had I think I had Gloria Estefan twice as my halftime show in Super Bowls I played in. Really? Yeah, she was the 92. She was in Minnesota. Yeah. The top I, five, according to uh, Rolling Stone magazine. Okay. Number five. Aerosmith, Britney Spears, NSYNC, Nelly, and Mary J. Blige in 2001. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, and uh, that uh, group uh, in two, 2022. That was number four. Beyonce in 2013, number three. U2 in 2002, the first Super Bowl after 9-11. They were number two. And Prince in the rain in Miami in 2007, number one yeah. of all time. I love it. Before we get out of here, predictions, Super Bowl, what do you got? Uh, San Francisco maintains the ball. They uh, run the ball. They control the tempo and the clock. They win this game 27-26, San Fran. <sighs> Man, I'm, I, I, I'm sorry. I can't root against Patrick Mahomes. I can't do it. I mean, I can root against him. I can't bet against him. How about that? I can't pick against him. I'll root against him. I can't pick against him. Chiefs win the Super Bowl, officially become a dynasty, add to our misery, 24 to 20. I'm here. All right. Man, you are soft. I know. (sighs) We're done. We've got to have a great trip back, Mark. Have fun. Say hi to everybody. I miss everybody out there. Uh, We've got uh, Stoke and Matt Smith in for Josh coming up next.